Welcome to With You Every Step, the solo travel podcast that explores, explains and hopefully inspires you to travel the world by yourself. I'm your host, Michelle Lee. Welcome back to With You Every Step. This week, I have an amazing Australian comedian, actor, all-round amazing guy, Mr. Ross Daniels is here. Good to be here. Hi, Michelle. Oh, it's been so good. I've been trying to get Ross on the show for such a long time. But I've been you know, playing hard to get. He really has. <laughs> He's been so busy. The problem with a travel podcast is that people travel a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so trying to lock guests in is one of the hardest things I have because everyone's traveling all the time. Have you ever done one where you've had no guests and just go, <laughs> oh, well, someone will be in here soon. I just sit in here by myself yeah. and pace and just go, please, someone come. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm lucky enough that I get to work with Ross. And can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing lately? Oh, all kinds of things. Well, apart from working with you on a couple of different projects mm. and jobs. I did a one-person show last year. You talk about me. And yeah. I'm bringing it back for the comedy festival uh, late March. And you saw that, didn't you? I did You're see very it. very good. She's very good. See, how could I not do this show? She came to mine. <laughs> I support all my friends that are geniuses. <laughs> is that what you say? Is that, that's what you tell them all. Yeah, no, I just tell you that. I oh. haven't told anybody else. So, yeah, I've been doing that and we work together. And I've just come back from a little kind of whirlwind Visit of the States, which was fun. It kind of came out of the blue. It was kind of family related and a little bit unexpected, but it was good. Got to go back to New York, which is always great. Oh, I'm not a big fan of New York. You are? No, I'm not. not. I'm one of those weird people because most people love it. Yeah. I don't. I just find it busy and dark and gloomy because the buildings are so big. Yeah, right. Okay. And I love that. Maybe maybe I've got a bit of, you know, Dark Knight, Gotham City ah. appeal in me. And maybe it was growing up with it and a lot of that Jewish humour. And they talk about Central Park and you go, yes. Yeah. But you're just like, yeah, you don't. I love LA way more, which most oh, people really? hate yeah, LA. No, I'm the other way around. No, I'm not. A... I love LA. I love that it's got really nice hippie food. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> and the weather's nicer. It's much nicer. No, it definitely has its appeal. Yeah. But, yeah, I just got a bit of a New York thing. So, anyway, I went there and then went to Florida, which is, yeah, a change of pace. Totally. New York. In New York, uh, we were there, what, early, late November, early December, and it was unseasonably cold even for then. And then, yeah, had to do the, the two-pack, as I like to call it, as in winter and kind oh, of summer. Oh, I thought you were referring to the rapper. Yeah, I, I like to drop rappers' names <laughs> into the conversation. Yeah, no, I had to do winter and summer packing, which kind of really fills up. It does. It's really hard to do that. I know one year I did that. I went to San Fran. Oh, actually, I did Iowa for Christmas, which is totally full snow that's like, I don't know, metres high, freezing, minus 26 Celsius. And then I went to Mexico and to the Caribbean where it was boiling hot. So, yeah, that was really hard. Yeah, and by then you want to shed your other clothing Absolutely. and like wardrobe. Yeah, as soon as you get off as soon as you get off the plane and you're in the cab and you're like, "Oh, I'm dying. I'm sweating because you've got 25 layers on." I could on. throw this coat out the window, but it's my favorite jacket. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Most people that have been in Australia for a long time, mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything about your age, Ross, but yes. I work with Ross quite a lot and more mature people will often say, "You're familiar. I know you." 
Where do people know you from, Ross? Well, I did do I do little bits of TV now, but I used to do a lot of stand up throughout the nineties and into the early two thousands. So I think it's pretty much there. And I used to do a lot of telly. When they used for my to have... international listeners, telly is television. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah telly, Australianizing it. These days on mainstream TV, there aren't that many outlets for stand-up in Australia. No, it's um, really they, gone, They have the gala it? and then I think the ABCs had that late night kind of. There's a couple, there's a handful. But back in the 90s, for example, 20 or plus years ago, there was the Steve Visard show, Hey Hey It's Saturday, Midday Show. There were, there were a lot of shows, the big gig. So as a stand-up, if you ever seen in the country, there were kind of four or five, maybe even six shows you could do straight away. So I used to kind of do that general circuit. So I think people knew my face from that first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And I'd pop up in little acting cameo roles as well. So I think it's that, yeah. So the people probably definitely 40 and maybe even <laughs> older, 40 and up, 50 and up, uh, yeah, we know you from somewhere. Yeah. You've got to be careful though because I, I had a bit of that once and I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm not going to do false Modesty, I'm just going to come straight out and start listing off my CV. Was it this? Was it this? Was it this? Uh, it was a woman at the footy football, Australian rules football, for your international listeners, <laughs> a few years ago. And she came up to me. She goes, oh, where do I know you from? Just kind of stood in my path in the grandstand. And I'm going, oh, I'm not going to beat around. And I started listing off shows I'd been on. And I got through the list. And she went, nah, you from Croydon? <laughs> so I backfired completely. Oh, that's a little embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm not going to make that effort. I'm just going, I don't know what it is, and ran away. That's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what I do now. Yeah. Never seen me before. Yeah. <laughs> that is awkward, though. I was at a party on the weekend and there was a lady there saying to me, you're really familiar. I know you from something. And so then I just started rattling off local things like sports and schools and where I'd been and then she's like, nah, none of them. I don't know. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. You could be here. It could be there because then it's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, you offer that you're just trying to help and you offer up where it could be. And they go, no, no, nah. it's not there as if you're being quite unreasonable making that suggestion. Yeah. You go, well, I did it. I'm sorry if you didn't see it. Yeah. I sometimes direct them in terms of TV and film, I direct them to uh, IMDb. Oh, of course you do. That's a nice movie plug. database. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And you can see all the work I did there. <laughs> Probably, you, you imagine being there, like, not in a creepy way, following them home and sitting next to them, they go through it and they go, nah, nah, it's none of those things. <laughs> and, and then they look through the window and there you are. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's <laughs> where I know, yeah. You're the stalky guy. You're the one that watches in the window. Okay, so we are going to talk about Sri Lanka. Hmm. Because it's a place you haven't been and I have. Exactly. And this is what I like to do is get people on that have been there and have done quite a good job of seeing a lot of the country. Yeah. My partner and I, we packed it in. We were there for, I think, a little under three weeks and, yeah, saw quite a lot. We had a bit of help, which was good. We were actually going to visit some friends, a couple of guys we know who are part owners in a tea plantation, and they spent some of the time of the year there and we knew they were going to be there. And my partner, Emily, and one of these guys communicated a bit via email and he came up with a little relaxed itinerary for us. Beautiful. Which was great, which was very handy. That's very handy. So yeah. we're going to talk about that itinerary. So then my listeners may want to do a similar thing. Yeah, sounds good. All right. Tell so me about Sri Lanka. We landed in Colombo, but didn't stay there straight away. So we, that's the main city that you yeah, fly into? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. 
And we did spend some time there at the other end of the trip, but we thought we'll come back to there. See that name when I look up flights to go somewhere and I see that, it just it makes me think of the TV show. Yeah, I'm sure everyone has that, of, of Lieutenant Columbo. <laughs> in the, yeah, I know. I know. In the overcoat. And, yeah. Uh, excuse me, madam, one more thing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you reckon he got it in his life? He probably did. Peter Falk, the guy who played Columbo. Yeah, maybe. From Sri Lanka at all. Maybe, you know, worked both ways. Maybe. So we landed. Then we just spent the night. We went to Nagombo and just spent the night there quickly, which is a short amount of distance from Colombo. And then How we did you went, get there? Uh, we did. It was just like the equivalent of a taxi, a driver. That wasn't a pre-organised driver, that one. But for the rest of the... It well, was or it wasn't? Wasn't. Okay. Wasn't with that so one. you just got that from the airport? Mm, yes, we did. You're putting me to the test now. Yeah. <laughs> These are the things I like to know, especially when you first land somewhere, because I think that's when most people have their freak out, is when I yeah. get there, what do I do? How do I get to where I'm going? You know what? Now that you mention it, I'll recommend this. I think we may have had that driver booked in. I yeah. think we may have done it. The reason I'm kind of slightly vague about it, because he wasn't our driver for the rest of the trip. We okay. just used him to Nagombo. Yep. And then we had another gentleman, Lanka who Simon has used before and recommended to us. Okay. And he did. We had him until we got up to our friend's place. We were with him for about 10 days or so. Oh, wow. He drove us around. Okay. And it's a pretty good. And you, you think private driver, yeah. that's going to be a lot. But, of course, in Sri Lanka with the, the Australian dollar and how that kind of lines up exchange rate wise and just the general cost of living it was pretty reasonable okay and and let's talk about that what currency do they use uh it's the rupee the the sri lankan rupee which i think is about there's about 125 of them to the australian dollar currently. off the top of my currently yeah. off the top of my head which changes all the time yeah yeah and i think it cost us in the ballpark mm -hmm. cost us about a hundred dollars a day australian for him to kind of basically be driving us everywhere so it was like a tour guide in a way yeah yeah, he had an okay command of English, pointed things out to us and conveyed certain things. But at one point we stopped and he told us, and I think uh, our friend was in on the organisation of this, we picked up a mate of his and paid him a small fee and he was a tour guide and he took us through a lot of the temples. Oh, like, wow. Yeah, 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 for a couple of hours. We stopped and Lanka, you know, went off and did his own thing. Yeah. And this guy took us around some of the stupas, the, uh, the Buddhist temple. So do you think it's easy for other people to be able to do this and do it that way, to, to find these people to do it this way? Yeah, because it's a good point, isn't it? We did have our friend helping yeah. us and tipping off and giving us his driver and that kind of yeah. stuff. Because I um, know a few people, actually one of my best mates is planning their honeymoon to Sri Lanka and she asked me advice. I said, I can't give you any, I don't know anyone, but... I'm having Ross on soon, so I'm going to find out some information And, there, and now I come on and go, hey, our friend did everything for us. <laughs> I'm sure if you researched it thoroughly, it would put you in the direction of drivers of, I'd say, Lanka's ilk. Mm -hmm. Ours was word of mouth, so we got tipped off. But that would be the way we spoke to other people and saw other people, Westerners, yep. there, and they were doing a similar thing. Yeah, and I have been, heard others do it too. Yeah, it's a pretty, I mean, if you want to get a bit more rustic yeah. and rough it, you can jump on the trains and do that kind of thing. We did a little bit of that. But if you kind of want carefree and know that you're going from A to B, and pretty good value because you think that an Uber is going to cost you, you know, $20 to go across town. $100 a day is pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. It doesn't yeah, compare and they're, yeah, to Yeah, they're driving you across the country. In Australia. No, yeah, it's very yeah, different. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you started off and you ended up going to this other place. How far away was that? Nagomba, I think yeah. off the top of my head, I think it was about an hour. Oh, okay. Driving. So we not just too stayed far. there. We just wanted to get out of Colombo and get ourselves on the road for the next day. Yeah. Uh, and then we went and stayed. We had a couple of nights in a place called Palagama Beach, which is on the west coast. Okay, so um, that's a beach. At a resort. Yeah, it's in the area of, let me see if I can say this properly, Opitia. Oh. Opitia is the area. Don't want to get that word wrong. No, exactly. <laughs> And Palagama Beach is there. And look, it was amazing. We went there, we were in there, that was September, which is pretty much off season, like good climate, but not that many people around. You could feel it was maybe going to start to get a bit busier after that or had been busier prior. Yeah, it was really quiet. And at one, I think we were there maybe for three nights and one day for 24 hours, we had the entire resort to ourselves. Oh. There was no one else there. It was, wasn't a massive resort. It was really nice. It had little cottages and bungalows and stuff and had that kind of very natural feel to it. Yeah. So it wasn't like this big mecca of a place with, you know, kind of multi-storey buildings or anything. So when I say we had it to ourselves, I don't think the capacity was that great when it was busy. But, yeah, we just like had the staff and the restaurants and the bars. To yourself. Completely to ourselves and the pool and the beach. It was like a honeymoon. Yeah, it was. <laughs> What are their beaches like? Are they sand beaches? Or? Yeah, they are. The ones I went to at Gaul Fort, there was a beach. We were right on the beach there. Uh, Palagama Beach, the one I'm talking about, was there. Look, not your spect- the ones I saw, not spectacular surf beaches, although hotel we stayed in Colombo towards the end had a pretty good surf beach. Okay. Just down below. But are these are the picturesque kind of beaches, like that you look at on a postcard, or are they just the standard kind of beach that you're just like, meh? Maybe a little bit more standard. Okay. No offense, Sri Lanka. Well, I have seen but some in the But on the, the water, but still amazing, amazing sunsets and stuff. Yeah. They are there. I glimpsed them really. They've obviously got some great beaches mm. there, but the ones we happen, not that I did an extensive beach tour, mm. but the, hand, the couple that I went to were not overly spectacular. Okay. But I wouldn't call that an, a thorough assessment, if that makes sense. Not a beach connoisseur. Well, yeah, not on this trip. We were more, we were at the beginning and at the end there a bit, but then inland, we're in the middle. But mostly. still nice to give you that relaxing feel that you need when, you, when you're sitting by a beach? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was one actually, when we were staying in Gaul, we did do a day trip and hung out at a bar which backed onto the beach. Ooh. That was pretty good. That sounds amazing. I'd forgotten about that one. Sorry. Yeah, that was a bit more like your classic, really good Australian beach. Nice white sand Ooh, and I decent love white surf. Sand. Yeah. So that was pretty good. Where is that one? The actual location, I can't think of the top of my head, but it was only about a half hour drive out of Gaul. Okay. So you've gone to this other beach and now the driver has taken you there? Yes, we got picked up. He left us there. He came and picked us up for a couple of those little tours where we were looking at the temples. So we were there for three days and he popped in, I think, one of those days and picked us so up. So where and is us he coming them. and going from? Is he staying where you're staying? I'm very confused no, with this driver situation. No, that's interesting. We wanted him naturally to join us for meals. Like, you know, when we would stop and, you know, come here and come in, you know, we just couldn't help. He was a lovely guy and we wanted to share the time with him, but he was always, no, 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 no. And he would go off to the driver. I think they had like at a couple of the hotels and places we stayed, Mm -hmm. there was a much more low key 
cheaper place for the drivers to go and stay. And yeah, they would I've been to a few countries that have that. They the drivers go off and they they're all together and they all know each other and they see each other all the and time. And they probably eat much more local, cheaper food. In yeah, yeah, and and I got the impression he was probably sleeping in more of uh, almost like you know like a, a hostel kind of arrangement, sharing a room with other guys. And he kept that out of view. And then when we saw him, he was just in driver mode. So he, he would was, stay in those areas? Yeah, but off somewhere that we would oh. never see. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he basically was like a tour guide driver. Yeah. Huh, interesting. What were the touristy things that you did when you were there? Okay, we did a safari. Ooh. Went on a safari. Now, I, our expectations from the research we did were low anyway. Like we, <laughs> we, As in it wasn't going to be a fully blown like African style safari. Because you're you in know. Sri Lanka. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So we thought, hey, this will be fun. And look, we're doing some beach. We're doing mountains. Let's get a little bit of jungle. So is this where you did a, like a day trip from Three Nights in the Beach Place? So after Palagama Beach, we went to Wilpachu. I hope I said that properly. And there was a big game camp there. And we stayed the night in a tent. So you're all off kind of in a little jungle. So you're outside in the yeah, wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the wild. What animals do they have there that are dangerous? I'll get to that in a moment. Ooh. Caterpillars. Oh, caterpillars are bad. <laughs> you know what had happened? They had had some unseasonable full-on rainfalls just prior to us get there, which meant all the caterpillars... Were everywhere. Were everywhere. And they were all through the tent. <gasps> and before we went to our tent, they were going, oh, no, you just wait a little bit longer. And, you know, gave you some tea in the main area, kind of the reception area, which is a tent as well. Um, can you just wait here? We, we're doing a big clean out of all the tents because there are caterpillars everywhere. And even after they did it, they would just drop. They were just popping up, spawning everywhere. And like you would get up to go, there was like a little kind of outhouse, bathroom, toilet connected to the tent. Like, for example, you'd think, you'd before you go to bed, oh, yeah, there's a few, you do a bit of a sweep and get rid of the caterpillars on the floor. You think, okay, we're okay. You'd get up in the middle of the night. Under your bare feet. Yeah, yeah, under your bare feet. You, You couldn't avoid them. Yeah, squishing on them. <laughs> wow. I mean, that gives you that real outdoors feel. That yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Right on the bottom of your feet. Any in your bed? And, and oh, yeah, a couple would. And, you, yeah, I don't think I slept that well. You'd kind of be. How could you? As soon as something. you feel something. Oh, yeah, there's one. There's oh, one. They were everywhere. On your face? Like, as a woman, if you've got hair and it's, like, in your face. I think one did climb up my nose. Oh, no. No, that didn't happen. I just had to say it. I wanted to see the look on your face. You didn't see the look, everyone. It was good. <laughs> No, I don't think Ooh. one went up my nose, but it could have happened. I was paranoid one was going to go up my nose. Or in your mouth or yeah, in your ear. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Ooh, mainly squelch underneath. Ooh. And then I think the next morning before we went off on the safari, they were everywhere, so we, we put in a request. There's too many and, and like a – you kind of clean up what you could, but they, they'd send in a person. And they'd do a, like a, a fumigation, like they had But it obviously little, wasn't working. Well, I think it was helping. It wasn't completely so, clearing them. No, it was such an infestation. You, you couldn't get rid of all of them. Wow. Do they yeah. always have them, did they say, or is just no, it was it rare? No, was, it was particularly – I think it happens throughout the year. You can't avoid it. But it shouldn't have been happening then. But oh. they'd had a really big batch of rain before we got there and that had brought them on. And then I can only think, what, a couple of days later, butterflies everywhere? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> the great butterfly infestation yeah. came after that. Which no one would bother with that. I'm sure everyone would be quite happy to just sit there and have butterflies flying around. So the safari. 
So you go off on the safari and it was good. You know, there were... So you, what kind of car do you go in? Oh, you go on a Jeep. In a Jeep? With a Jeep with an yeah. open... So do, can you stand in the Jeep? Yes. Because I've seen lots of different ones. Obviously, I've been to Africa and there's lots of different types of yeah. safaris, Jeeps that you can go into. Some of them, they have the windows on the side and you can just open and look through the windows. Others, you can actually stand up and the top is open and yeah. they pop the top up. We were one of those. Yeah, okay. It was, it was very open. Yeah. And there was only a couple of us. Again, but you can shut the roof quickly if you need to, if a lion, well, this is in Africa, if a lion decides to jump up. No, I don't think we had the <laughs> quick roof shut mechanism okay. on. There'd been a lion, we were in trouble. Good <laughs> good news on that front, no danger of wild cats. So there, there are Do they elephants. not have any wild cats? No, they do, but we had trouble finding one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, we saw... Uh, a lot of birds and deer, and they were doing the classic thing. The, the deer, there obviously was something around over in the bushes, and that's when the driver, and there was also a guide in the front with him saying, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a leopard here. That's why the deer are looking over to the bushes. And we went driving through looking for the leopard, and it was, it was very funny. I'll be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure I ever saw it, <laughs> but maybe I started to tell myself I did. <laughs> It might have just been a few leaves in the bushes, I'm not sure. But, of course, you've got, you know, there were some tourists there go, yeah, we saw it. There it is over there, the leopard. <laughs> and I go, yeah. And they go, did you see it? And I'm going, yeah, yeah, I saw it. And I'm madly taking photos <laughs> on my tree. iPhone. <laughs> Later that night I'm going, there's no leopards here. <laughs> I'm just going to take photos of some caterpillars. You saw lots of elephants? Yes, yeah. lots of elephants around and in various kind of dates. We went past an area just with our driver where some people were kind of riding them and oh yeah yeah they still do that in Sri Lanka people ride them in Sri Lanka too I think so that's what we saw from the car someone oh. I don't know if they were doing it legally or not but there's um, no such thing as legally so yeah. nobody do that never ride yeah, an elephant yeah yeah went past and kind of went hang on that doesn't look right no and the, yeah elephants. the elephant didn't look happy no how can they they got some human on them that, and then the other one's whacking them to go where they want and then they chain them up yeah so anyway, there was the hunt for this leopard and it went on. We went driving and there was a whole bunch of Jeeps all looking for the leopard. Like it went off, went off tangent for about 45 minutes in search of the leopard. Well, they are known to be quite fast. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe they were there, they saw us and off they took. But that was kind of funny. It was, it then made me think of like a comedy sketch where, you know, you go to this place and there's just no animals at all. And the guy's going, no, didn't you see it over there? Yeah. A dinosaur? What are you talking about? <laughs> and you do that with children when you say to little kids, you just saw the elephant? And they go, yeah. Yeah, same principle as that. <laughs> yeah, adults do the same thing. You saw that leopard. <laughs> as I said, though, it was fun and we didn't have overly high expectations and it was good to get out amongst it as well. We did around the same time go on a little night tour where we went looking for Loris. What's that? L-O-R-I-S. Kind of the closest thing we have in Australia would be little possums. Ah. Oh. And they've got red eyes. Like the little tour that you could do, a group of you at night. Into like a jungle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Into not like a full-on wild jungle. It's got little paths. It's yeah. kind of like a jungle light, I guess I would call it. Yeah, and you look for these lorises. They, they come out at night and they've got these red eyes and you, they give you a special torch to shine on it so it doesn't you know, blind them. them completely, but you can see them. We saw a few of them. That was pretty funny. How big are they? Uh, like that, listeners. Ah, oh, so, like yeah, the size yeah. of a football. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Oh, 
Okay. I was thinking in my head, because I've been to the Philippines and there's little tussiers and I might be saying that wrong. Tussiers, tussiers, tussier. I don't know. Yeah. And they're the, like the size of your palm. They're tiny. So that's what I was visualizing. I wasn't visualizing like a big football size animal. Yeah. Yeah. Now these were kind of like a smaller possum without the big giant tail. Australian possum. What would be the same as over there in the States? They've got possums. Their possums yeah. are just vicious and ugly looking. Ours are so much cuter. Have you seen an American possum? No, I haven't. Oh. I'm sure they're not all like that. No, 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 no. They are mean looking. Ooh, our possums are cute. The place where we did the looking for the lorises was this really cool hotel called Back Beyond at Pidurangala. There were some villas, but they were like little cottages. There were even tree houses there. I don't think they had one. I really wanted a tree house, but it wasn't available. To sleep in? Yeah, yeah, to sleep in. Oh. And there's no air conditioning. They're very natural. How do you um, get up to the tree house? Is it a straight ladder on the tree? Yeah. Oh, see, that would freak me out. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't be able to get down. Yeah, right. Yeah, a height issue. Oh, a massive height issue. I have height issues, and that played into some of the things that happened in Sri Lanka. It's so hard, isn't it? Well, I think we should talk a little bit more about that because I think there's a lot of people that have a fear of height. People don't get it if they don't have a fear of it, that it just takes over everything. So I know I've had multiple situations while I've been traveling, but one was I was with dad and we did one of those towers and a church where you go up and then you get to the top of the tower and it's a ladder, a straight ladder up. I'm not so bad up. It's the coming down. Yeah, when you can see. It's putting my feet over the edge to get back onto the ladder. Yeah. I couldn't do it. And there was this lady there going, come on, hurry up. And I was like, uh, no, you go. She's like, what's wrong with you? And she just couldn't. And I was just panicking. I just couldn't do it. And so wow. everyone else went, yeah, but people don't understand, I guess, if they don't have a fear of it. No, I reckon mine's got worse too. Yeah. I Googled it and it's a common thing. As people get a little bit older, what happens is you start to think about it a bit more than maybe you used to. You're not so carefree in your general philosophy of it. But also I think as you get older, something happens in your weight as well and you don't feel just quite as confident. And I reckon even, you know, you don't have to be that old, like into your 40s or 50s, that starts to kick in a little bit. Well, mine has for a long time, but I also feel like I'm off balance. So what happens to me is I feel like I'm going to fall backwards and die. Yeah. Like that's as... Get a little bit of that. Yeah. I'm I'm the same as you. If I'm looking ahead, like if I'm in a cable car going up, Towards it, and I can't really see the drop below. I'm not too bad. But, yeah, often, as you say, they're coming back, depending on what the layout is. If you can see the sheer drop there, I'm just like, oh. Bizarrely, if I'm only a little bit of a height up, when I say a little bit like a story or two, like if I was going across a bridge, across a creek or a river, and I don't know if we were kind of like 20 metres or 30 metres above rocks, which would be enough to kill you if you fell onto, that doesn't bother me so much. It's Mm. that just, whoa. Long way away. Yeah, yeah see, buildings, I'm not so bad if there is a barrier. So if I'm in a cable car and I'm safe yep, inside yeah, it, yeah. I'm okay. Same with planes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it, it's when there's no barrier next to me and death. And, you know, in my need, it's not probably relevant. And my body probably wouldn't fall backwards. But there was this point on the Inca Trail going to Machu Picchu. And there's these rocks that go up. And everybody else had no problem doing it. I couldn't do it. The only way I could do it is if my guide put his hand on my back 
Yeah, right. And and helped me up. I just felt like I was going to tip backwards. I got to the top and I bawled my eyes out wow. like a baby. I, it was uncontrollable. People walking past People me. People watching, like, oh, she's having such an emotional experience <laughs> being up here. <laughs> no, I'm on the ground rocking. <laughs> it's awful. So awful. Well, my big one, I didn't end up in tears. I just bailed was Sigiriya. There's this area called the Cultural Triangle, and it has this big rock. It's a palace fortress. It's been there for a long, long time. In ancient times, they built. A king had a like a fortress built on top of it, and there are ruins up there still. So he lived there? Yeah. Yeah, 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 with a lot of other people. You can kind of walk around the bottom half. Does it's it have like a, moat? a road. I love castles with a moat. Yeah, it's not so much of a castle. It's hard to explain. It's kind of like a, a fortress palace temple on top of a big rock that most of your climbing is the big rock oh. okay so but the first half is walking around it mm-hmm. like on steps okay. basically yeah. not too bad you can see a bit of a drop here and there but yeah. it's fine is there a rail for most of it yeah, yeah. see I'm, I'm not so bad if there's a rail once so the that's rail fine. disappears then you get about two-thirds of the way up and it suddenly becomes this sheer rising rock straight up the only way to get up on that bit is a thin metal staircase with wire steps and you can see the drop oh. straight through oh. and it wraps around the sheer face of the rock. Yeah. So you've got to walk no. halfway around the rock and that gets you up to the temple area on top, oh. the, the palace area up there. I started, like my partner went up, we had a guide with us. A guy came up and, look, she was glad. We'd been tipped off by our driver. He said, you probably don't need a guide here. So just say no thanks if they come up and... As you, but then we got kind of caught off guard at the car park. We paid him a small fee. He was kind of handy because he walked her up okay. to the top. I started, I was behind them and I reckon I got 10 steps up and I could see the just the earth dropping away and I just froze and I looked up ahead and there was so like, you know, mm-hmm. 90% mm-hmm. of the walk to go. And I just went, guys, guys, I won't do it. And I went back down and stayed in this area which had a shop. And lots of entertaining monkeys running around. I called that base camp. Okay. <laughs> I was just going to stay at base camp. You guys go to the summit. Yeah. Yeah. And she made it up and she said the same thing happened. It was helpful to have the guide because he kind of put the hand on the back and yeah. held her hand. And yeah, got it's amazing how that out. just makes a little bit of a difference, having that support on your back, knowing that it's like I can't fall back. I mean, of course you can. You can go past someone's hand. That's not going to stop you from falling. But it's it's the mental power of knowing that there's safety. I don't know what it is. It's weird. Yeah. So she got the photos from on top. I got the photos from Base down camp. below. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. How do you remember how much the entrance fees are for these places? Are they expensive or are they quite cheap or donation or? Off the top of my head, for Sigaria, I think it might have been thirty Australian dollars. For both of you? No, each. Oh, I would say that's quite expensive. Yeah, some of the places, because that's, that's a big tourist site. And okay. a lot of people, that's a big thing to climb that. And a lot of people go there. So I think they know that tourists will probably pay to go up there. I hope I've got that right and I'm not doing them an injustice. But my recollection at the time was it was around that ballpark. And that, yeah, that it was maybe a little bit more than... I expected. Yeah, that uh, that is a lot more than I would have thought it would be. Yeah, the locals, of course, get a understandably, justifiably, a, a much better local deal. 
I did climb another rock, though, a couple of days later, and I felt a lot better. That was Pidurangala, which is also in the Cultural Triangle area. So uh, what's the Cultural Triangle area? What does that mean? It's a big site where there's a lot of, within that area, there are a lot of stupas, like the Buddhist temples and some Hindu is it, temples. Oh, I was just um, about to say, is it a Buddhist country? Primarily, yeah. Okay. I think about 70%. All right. And then, to a lesser extent, Hindu, Muslim, and then I think an even smaller percent. Catholic, Christians. Yeah, okay. And within that are these two big rocks, which are very much uh, a part of their culture and heritage and history. Siguria is the one that I, uh, too tall, too much of a sheer drop. Back and beyond where we stayed was walking distance from Pidurangala, which is a smaller rock, but still in that same general area. Not so touristy, no, I think there might have even been donation or very small entrance fee. To get into, but hardly anyone around, like a fence and maybe a tiny little shop, and that's it. Whereas Sigari is like a big giant car park and a lot of people around. Just to sidetrack on that, people ask me what's Sri Lanka like. This is a bit of a cliche description, but uh, people have described it to me, and I would agree with this India light. Mm-hmm. So, not so full on, not so in your face. As in, not as many people? And definitely not as many people. Yeah. For example, we got off, I think it was at Sigari, we got off. Our the car that we were in, four or five guys came up and were trying to sell stuff to us and waving souvenirs in our faces and probably followed us for three, four, maybe five minutes of the most until we got to the entrance and then they... Go back to the next person. Yeah, they, they disappeared. My partner who lived in India back in the late, not so about 20 years ago, for a year, so she knows India, she said, oh, yeah, yeah, if that had been India, that would have been five times as many people and would have gone on for five times as long. So it was interesting just to kind of have that comparison and anecdotally from her. Yeah, okay. But I climbed. I climbed Pidurangala. What happened was not many people around, not as sheer a a climb. You had to walk around basically over rocks, but it was kind of like a token person made. It wasn't like proper steps. Mm Mm-hmm. Rocks, but easier to walk up than than just climbing rocks. And then right towards the end, there was a little bit of a climb, again, through some rocks, but no sheer drops. It was more gradual, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was, like, if you went to right to the edge of the rock, you knew over there there was a drop. But if you kept away from that, you felt quite safe. Okay. So uh, that that was some kind of achievement for me. Yes, I made it. I climbed a rock. Even though it wasn't the other big one and I got scared. I climbed this one. Quick, get a photo. Yeah, I get really mad at myself. I try and push myself to get over it so I don't miss out on seeing the things. Like what she saw from the top, did it look like it was something you missed out on or were you just like, nah, not worth the stress? Uh, of the um, of the second rock? No, the, the, the one that you didn't make it to the top. Oh, when my partner, when Emily showed me photos. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I had a little bit of view envy. Okay. But again, yeah, I wouldn't, if I went back, I wouldn't, I'm going to do it this time to see those views. You wouldn't? I would still stop at base camp. Yeah, okay. Hang out so with the monkeys. it wasn't worth it. So you want me to continue on the itinerary? Yeah, well, I'm just, got some questions. Sure. The accommodation that you've been staying in, is it hotels, resorts, yeah, it's pretty much been hotelish. A couple of places were recommended by our friend. Other ones we just sought out online. A couple of them, maybe not that resort because that was pretty just relaxed. And as I said, a little bit rustic, that first one that was on the beach. A couple of places like at Colombo at the end and in Gaul Fort, we went, hey, what the heck? We'll splurge a little bit and got like, we stayed in like really nice places. 
And how do you rate their five star compared to five star around the world? Like, do you look at it? Not that I've done a lot of five star around the world, <laughs> but yeah, pretty good. Okay, yeah, so it's around nice. the same standard for a, a better price. Yeah, the one in Colombo had a big giant spa in the middle of the room, which was Ooh. pretty amazing. And the one at Gall Fort, we did it again. Must have been the time of the year that we went. September, October, everyone. That's my hot tip. It was great for us weather-wise, but yeah, just not that congested. We virtually had that hotel to ourselves as well. It was incredible. I actually ended up watching the AFL Grand Final. I'd had a big stretch of art galleries and temples and things, and I just wanted the day off. Our friend Simon was with us, so Emily and Simon went off and did a museum. The Grand Final was on. It was late September. I don't think we necessarily had a TV in the room, but there was this big lovely area like a big lounge and there was no one around with a giant television and beautiful chairs and access to all this stuff. I think a lot of hotels or places now are pretty good at accessing sport from around the world especially when it's something big. Because I know Australians are coming. (laughs) (laughs) I was in Italy and it was the NBA grand final and there was a couple of American girls that I was with at the time and it was on it maybe 2 or 3 a.m. in the morning. So we all went to bed super early so we could get up and we'd gone shopping the day before and bought all these cheese and wine. And the hotel gave us this private room because we asked them if they if they were able to help us if we could watch the game, if they yeah. had any access for us. And they ended up setting it up for us. They set up this little private room for us. They put a TV in there. They made sure that we had access to watch the game and we had our wine and our cheese and we had the best time. Nice. Yeah, so I think, yeah, and that is a good thing. If you uh, ask people, they often will help. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. So you've been staying in hotels, most of them. Are any of them really rustic apart from the caterpillars? Well, that was that was intense as part of the safari. The one I mentioned, the back of beyond, that was the tree houses and the oh, not yeah. really... I guess you'd call them clay huts or little cottages. That sounds cool, though. Was um, it cool? That was, yeah. There was no air conditioning. There were fans, but no air conditioning. Was it really hot it that was, you needed air con? It was. Look, I grew up in North Queensland, and we know how hot it can even get in Melbourne in summer. It wasn't unbelievably hot. It got quite hot in the sun. A couple of those days we were walking around looking at temples and things. Uh, very, very humid. Mm. I was out of practice. Having grown up in North Queensland, and it's very humid up there, I kind of grew up with that. But now living in Melbourne, I've kind of become more acclimatised. It did give me – it was a bit of a shock, actually. There were a couple of days there where the humidity was so intense I almost felt a bit kind of sick Mm. or very fatigued. It was almost like it was so dense. The air was so Do they stop during the day? Because I know in the Amazon it's super, super humid at certain times of the day and so they don't let you go out. Everyone just stops and goes and lays down because it's just – too hard to do anything. It, it, it didn't officially or formally get that bad, but I reckon I felt like that a couple of times where I had to have a little lie down, yeah. Because mm. you almost feel like you're swimming through it. Oh, yeah. It's so thick sometimes. <laughs> but to answer your question, the rest of the time it was probably, especially when we were in the big city areas, it was more like your – it still had a Sri Lankan feel about it, like in the design of the hotels. You didn't suddenly walk into a hotel and you felt like you were there. You know, you're in the Hilton in Sydney or anything like that. They definitely had a lot of artefacts and trinkets and design elements that were in keeping with the culture. I'm um, guessing you didn't stay in a hostel. No. Did you see any hostels? Did you talk to anyone that stayed in a hostel? 
Do you know anything about hostels? <laughs> I We had, when we stayed at our friend's place, which is the tea plantation, which had a guest area to it, there were some backpackers who had stayed in hostels. They didn't go into detail. They mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't ask them about the hostels because I wasn't going to one. I think if it got mentioned, there was nothing particularly critical. I think it was That's all pretty favourable. Yeah, you would hear about it if they're bad. Can I also say a lot of backpackers, I think this has been happening for a while, but it was definitely our friend was telling us, it's increasing, it's a go-to place oh. for backpackers, like especially in Ella, which is in the middle, which is kind of at the foot of a lot of mountain ranges where people like to do hiking. Oh. Uh, it's very busy and very popular and very bustly. A lot of European backpackers there. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because it's, look, it's, it's, it's great, it's cheap, it's fantastic countryside, it's glorious to look at. It's become a big place to go to, especially if you... Do they work on the plantations or... The visitors? The backpackers. I guess so. Yeah. I'm just thinking because you said that they've got a quarters at your mate's tea plantations. I was just wondering if they work there or if they're just staying there. Definitely not at, for example, the tea plantation that my friends co-own. They just have locals working on that because it's partially owned and operated by the locals and a large percentage of the money is put back in. Oh, I love that. For the local community. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah, that's why they're doing it. Yeah. So it's not like, it's not particularly this, you know, entrepreneurial, hey, we're going to make money out of the tea plantation. It was more for the community. Yeah. They've had a long association with Sri Lanka. It's how it should be. Absolutely. All these big companies coming in everywhere, taking the money elsewhere. So tell us about your friend's tea plantation. Okay, so it's near, it's about, off the top of my head, it was about an hour's drive from Ella, which is kind of... How do you spell Ella? E-double-L-A. Oh, is it? Okay, because there's so many different ways of spelling Ella. Yes, I was right, E-double-L-A. I was just wondering. And then we drove up into the mountains, and that's where the tea plantation is, up at the top of this mountain area. And What uh, kind of tea? All kinds. Do they? Yeah. Oh. All kinds of stuff. The main, uh, you can do, you can go up there. They actually get a lot of their clientele end up staying at the guest house because people stay more down around Ella, a little bit lower down, and they come up for a tea tour, like just for the afternoon, and they see that there's accommodation and a guest house. A couple of people came. We went on, we were already there, and we went on the tea tour, and a couple of people went, oh, I've just checked out of my plant. I could hang, how much to stay? Uh," And they would stay. Oh. For the night. And part of the guest house, that was a great experience because it was, you know, it was like heaven up in the mountains and you're like way, way away from everything. Do you know what the altitude is? Is it high? Yes. Technically it is very high. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have to Google it. Yes, it's called Amber Estate or Amba, or perhaps that's the correct Sri Lankan pronunciation. A-M-B-A. Okay. It's a valley, but there are mountains all around and you've got choices of little mountains to hike up. Waterfalls everywhere. Oh, I love a waterfall. Yeah, lots of good waterfalls. Do you have to pay to go to them or can no, you just drive no, and just get there. off and go? Yeah. Can you oh, swim in them? Yes, you can. They don't have crocodiles? Don't quote me on this. I'll say no, they don't. and <laughs> Someone will jump in again. Not the ones we went to. Because if you're Do up higher. Do they have crocodiles in Sri Lanka? I didn't see any. Google it. I'm curious now. Two species of crocodiles can be found in Sri Lanka. The saltwater, which is the naughty ones, and the marsh crocodile. Both are dangerous to humans. So yeah, be careful where you swim. (laughs) That's right. Hopefully they're not going to be in the waterfall. So the good places to swim is, you know, if the waterfall's got different stages to it and it's halfway down the mountain, maybe go in one of those little pools. 
before the uh, crocodiles have climbed up the mountain. Okay, I found something else. What? Some of the beaches are not safe to swim in in Sri Lanka either due to crocodiles. Okay. Now you tell me. Yeah, so be careful where you go swimming and just make sure that you do check the area and ask locals, especially if you're going swimming in beaches. You go, crocodiles weren't on my radar. No. Well, you know what? I actually hadn't thought about it until I made a bit of a gag and then went, oh, actually, you know what? That could be true. All right. Anyway, back to your story about this tea plantation. And one of the amazing things about the tea, apparently, so they would tell me, is that because it's done up in the mountain area, high elevation. Apparently, that's supposed to be good tea if it's grown up high. Okay. Mm. If you want to uh, sound maybe a little bit uh, pretentious, a little bit hipsterish, you can drop into conversation. Oh, is this tea high elevation? Sip, sip, sip. <laughs> Are they not all? No, not all. No, oh. Well, it depends. There would be a measurement. Some would be higher than others. Okay. So you, know you want saying? the really high ones? Oh, you. Oh, this was this was grown right down in the valley, was it? Oh, mm. I thought so. I can taste it. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got anything further up the mountain? So the stuff you learn. Yeah. Well, so I went there. That was great. That was like heaven on earth up there in the morning. And you're away from the crowds. It was very peaceful. Just hear the birds. They've got waterfalls on the side. I think they're expanding and building more guest houses because there's such a demand. Oh, wow. So yeah. people should go check it out. How can they get there? Just hire a driver? Yeah, uh, tuk-tuks will take you up. They've got tuk-tuks? Yeah, they've got tuk-tuks down in You didn't tell me yeah. about that. Yeah, tuk-tuks everywhere, especially in the city areas, but they've got them down in Ella and you get a tuk-tuk up to Amber Estate. That's how a lot of people would do the tea tours or end up staying in the guest house. Oh, awesome. That's easy to do. Yeah. After there, we went down to Gaul, uh, Gaul Fort, which is southwest. So it's down below Colombo, a great historical area. Hung out there for a couple of days near a beach, but probably one of those less exciting beaches that you were asking about. Nice, but not like a beach Maybe don't swim in it because there might be crocodiles. Mm -hmm. So we've discovered the things you learn. Yeah. Uh, and then back up to Colombo, where we stayed a couple of days before uh, heading back home. So we caught the plane out of Colombo, back to Australia. So did you do like a big circle? Yeah, basically. Okay. Not the biggest circle you can do, but a sizable circle. Well, it sounds like it's pretty easy to get around. Yes. Oh, definitely. If you are happy to do it, the driver option, I'd recommend. Is it? And there's trains, you said? Yes. We actually did a train ride. Our friend dropped us off just so we could do part of it. That's at the top of the mountains. I think it's called the Kittel Ella Railway or something along those lines. I think it goes from Candy to Ella. We didn't actually go to Candy. It didn't really fit into our uh, itinerary. And also we were getting a taste of some big cities anyway. So we were happy to How could to you not go to them. Candy? It just sounds so delicious. Yeah, well, there is that, I suppose. <laughs> the Candyman was there going, where are those guys? Come on, I'm delicious. But we did a shorter portion of the train trip that went for about 45 minutes an hour and it's absolutely amazing. The sights are incredible. But, and I think it's made it into the news, like a lot of sites around the world, what a lot of some of the um, young people do as if you go over the really steep bits with a sheer drop, they hang off the side <gasps> of the train while their partner takes, or do selfies, oh. or their partners take the photo. And I was there, I was shooting it from well inside the train. You kind of take turns, people would rotate at being in the doorway, which is quite precarious. There's no guard or anything. There's like a wide open doorway. No, thanks. And some of the times it's just like a little grass embankment. If you fell onto it, probably wouldn't be too bad. But other points it was just a sheer drop right down the mountain. 
and people would be hanging on to those handles, you know, those, the like those door handles. Yep, for the gram basically, and oh. the other person would take the photo. And I'd be standing there because I would just want to take a photo well back from the door, a nice photo out the door of the view. I wasn't going to be hanging off or anything like that. And, uh, yeah, I'd see people just doing some crazy – Oh my god! And then you oh video it, god. hoping that there's an epic fail, but not too epic. No, I couldn't bring myself to do that. I didn't. I was just looking the other way. I just it was yeah, very very precarious. Yeah, and there's a lot of people doing it now. Even when we went to Machu Picchu, our guide said to us, "Don't do any jumping photos because that's how people die here." Yeah, because you, you fall off. Yeah, you fall off, and people he said, you know, there's barriers for a reason. Don't cross them. It's as simple as that. Yeah, but, oh my god, I got such a great shot. I'm dead. But it, look at that. I know. It's just not worth it. It's not worth it at all. And there is a massive rise in deaths at tourist locations yeah. because of that reason. Yeah. It's crazy. Just don't do it. Stay behind the barrier and be safe, people. But that was very cool. And I definitely recommend Sri Lanka. It's becoming more popular. I was talking to someone recently. My students, I think it might have been. She said, Oh yeah, we're definitely gonna I'm saving up. I'm gonna go there in about six months. I'm big on hiking and I've heard it's fantastic. Because, you know, the weather generally, okay, it's warm, but it's great, especially if you go at the right time of the year. Not as crazy as places like in terms of numbers, in terms of India and, yeah, beautiful scenery. Mm, it sounds lovely. I'd like to go to Sri Lanka. It is on my list. I will get there one day. And your daughter, Yeah, Molly. speaking overseas. Oh, she's just gone to LA. Yes, she's living in LA. Just tell us a little bit about Ross's daughter is an amazing actress. Correct. Takes, takes yeah. after her father. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's on the genes. Yeah, on the dad's <laughs> side. <laughs> yeah, she's going great guns. She's chasing up work there. She's auditioning for a lot of things. Pilot season's coming up soon. So she wants to be there for that. She was in a show called Ronnie Cheng International Student. Ronnie Cheng, of course, is on The Daily Show in the States, kicking big goals uh, there at the moment. He did a show which was a co-production between the ABC Australia, the ABC Network, and Comedy Central, I think it was. So it got played in Australia, but also got played in the States on Comedy Central. And she played, my daughter Molly played his sidekick, like his best friend at college, at university, because it's like an autobiographical situation comedy about his time at university. Yeah, so she had a big role in that. So through having that exposure, that helped her get an agent and manager in LA, which is kind of handy. Fabulous. Yeah, so she's over there going for broke, trying to... Make inroads. Yeah, and she will because she's brilliant. Uh, so, Ross, can you tell me a little bit about what you've got coming up in the future? Well, the thing I'm most excited about is I'm doing a show in the Melbourne International Comedy Festival 2020. Ooh, uh, when is that? Five shows only. The festival itself goes late March into April and I'm doing the first week of the festival. So I'm on from Wednesday the 25th of March until Sunday the 29th and it's one small trip. I've done it before. I've broken it out. I tested it out in front of you. You liked it so it's I had a stamp of approval. I loved it. I did not just like it. I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. What's it about? I play a whole bunch of characters and they've been recruited to be part of a new reality show which is sending people back to the moon. So uh, enter all my misfit characters. Or heading off to the moon. It is so good. So if you are in Melbourne, make sure you get down and watch Ross in this show. It is fabulous. Ross, you also have another character who I quite love. Yes. Do you know who I'm going to say? No, I'm waiting for it. Alone. Oh, yes, Graham. Yes, he's in the show as well. Is he? Could, could not have mm. Graham in it. No. 
What about old Swampy? Yes, I love Swampy. I think he's here. Somebody follows me everywhere. Oh, look, there he, he was just, he's hiding in the cupboard. Is he? Can you believe it? He was going through your things. <laughs> it's creepy, isn't it? <laughs> swampy, can you get it? Yeah, what is it? Uh, can you come over here and just talk to Michelle? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, what? Oh, g'day. G'day, Michelle. How are you? Sorry, uh, sorry my hands. Oh, she doesn't oh. want to shake. My hands are a bit dirty. Oh, sorry, hello. I wash them. Oh, you know, thanks for coming. In yeah, it's good. I've come. I'm, I'm out on the streets, you know. I've no fixed address these days. It's a little bit tough, you know. But, uh, oh, it's nice. It's nice in here, nice and cool. That couch looks quite nice over there. Could I could maybe spend a nice or two here with you. Maybe I could spend a nice night or here or two, could I? Yeah, it's so good to have you here, Swamp. You heard that, Roscoe. She said yes. We've got that. <laughs> oh, it's so nice to have you on my show. Oh, I it's feel good to very be here. Special. I get a little, I get a little bit tetchy though. You know, Christmas time and all the people everywhere drive me. Get out of here, go doggies. Sorry, I'm okay. Yes, you love the football, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Especially when the Bulldogs are playing well, which isn't all the time. Yes. I love it. Yeah, I go over there to Spider Man Stadium. <laughs> I, when I was younger, Swampy, I was a Bulldog supporter. Well, what happened? Well, I don't really follow football anymore. Oh, okay. When you were younger, good on you. Good on you. (laughs) Well done, love. Finally, the drought. The drought was broken in 2016. It was a long wait. Yes, it was. Very exciting. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming and making Oh, thanks for having me. You're a bit, a bit of a travel show, is it? Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, I get on the 86 sometimes. That's, that's a tram. A, yeah, that's a tram, everyone, in case you're wondering. That's the extent of my travel. But you know what I do? I hang off the sides <laughs> and I take a selfie. Well, I don't have a camera, but I draw a picture of myself. I'm like the young people in Sri Lanka and then somebody, ah! <laughs> oh. I fall off. Oh, no. But it's only about a foot drop. It's not like, you know, down the side of the mountain. So no, I'm okay. That's good. I did put me back out, though. Oh, sorry. And I, I did a bit of a bruise. Can you see that bruise I put on my shoulder? Oh, say, I don't need to you see your bum. No, 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 it's all right. I don't need to see your bum. All right, Tuck yeah, no, that point taken, point taken. Yeah, so I'll get back in the cupboard then, shall I? All right. All right, see ya. Bye. Bye. Oh, it's nice in here. Oh, what's that? <laughs> Leave my scarf alone. Yeah, thanks, Swampy. I, yeah, it was uncomfortable. I was, I, I really couldn't contribute to that conversation. That's why I was quiet all through that conversation. Yeah, I gathered. Yeah. yeah. Lost for words. <laughs> we are approaching our destination. Ladies and gentlemen, please fasten your seatbelts for the final five. Your favourite city or town? Melbourne. Oh, no. Really? <laughs> I was going to say New York. But yeah. Oh, it doesn't really grab me. I don't like New York. Well, it's much. not mine. This is your favourite place. Well, to visit New York, to live Melbourne, which okay. is why I've, I've lived in a few cities in Australia and uh, this is where I've landed and this is where I want to be. It's got a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't see yourself leaving Melbourne? Not forever. Yeah. You know, I do think about, oh, it'd be great to move overseas and live there for a while. But... Especially now that Molly's in LA. Yeah, yeah, there is a bit of that. Good point. Yeah, yeah, it's about Melbourne it is. Weirdest food you've ever eaten? I don't know if I could come up with or I can recall anything really, really exotic or out of control like sheep's testicles or anything like that. Oh, you haven't I, no, tasted some balls? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, but not in the context of this question. <laughs> That was so unnecessary. I remember, and this isn't this big a deal, I guess, but as a kid, mum giving us brains. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, brains. I think they were human brains, which was good. <laughs> but they were deep fried. Is that they, why yeah, you got so crumb. many characters? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. I ate them and they've stuck inside me. Mm, that's how you do it, apparently. Yeah. But that was pretty freaky. 
And I got a big laugh because I was the, you know, the cheeky baby of the family and I think it was probably about seven or eight at the time and we were eating it. You know, all the kids were going, well, this is gross. Oh, my God. And I said something about it, kind of along the lines of what you were just saying there. I looked at my mum and I said, Mum, this is weird. I feel like I'm eating an animal's thoughts. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Brian, what about you? I'm not adventurous at yeah. all. I don't do anything gross. I just can't. I, you know, I've been to countries where they sell all of the insects. Yeah, yeah, and, right. Yeah, all of that And stuff. all my friends and everyone I've been with, they I've will. got into it. Oh, they'll do it all. Even when we're on the Amazon and, you know, they crack open and a tree and pull out all the bugs and they want you to eat them, everyone else is diving in and eating them. I'm like, no, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, right. I just don't need to try it. So, no, okay. I'm not. I'm not adventurous. That at makes all. me feel better about saying brains then. Yeah. Beaches or mountains? Mountains. Oh, I want to picture you as a little beach babe. Yeah, look, <laughs> you imagine me in the bikini right now. <laughs> Sorry, listeners, to do that to you. As a kid growing up in Queensland, I used to like the beach on holidays, vacations, etc. But it was never really where I was happiest. And at the end of year, as we would move into summer, especially as I got older, when the kids would go away over like Christmas holidays, etc., like they'd go to, like I was in Brisbane and so they'd go to the Gold Coast or the Sunshine Coast, they'd do that. I'd love it. I felt like they'd gone away, they'd have the beaches and I had the city to myself. Mm. Mm. And I'd burn very easily. Yeah. Ouch. A tourist site that you recommend is a must I'm going to give my friends a plug, Amber Estate in Sri Lanka. Yeah, it sounds beautiful. Look over the valleys as you sip your tea and then go for a little hike near the waterfall. Mmm, sounds delightful. Can you say thank you in another language? Gracias. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I know, like gold-plated dad joke just comes out of me straight away. Bahoma Istuti. Ooh, I haven't heard that one before. Where's that from? That's how they say thank you very much in Sri Lanka. Oh, of course. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks it, for having me. It's been great chatting with you yeah. all about Sri Lanka. That's good. And it, it felt like I relived, because it's a little while ago now, I feel like I relived that trip all over again with you. Yeah, and I really appreciate it and hope my listeners appreciate it and got some tips as well and everyone gets to go visit Sri Lanka at some point. Indeed. Thanks for listening to With You Every Step, hosted by Michelle Lee. We do hope you enjoyed listening. And if you did, make sure you tell everybody. If you didn't, nobody likes a Debbie Downer. Please subscribe to get up to date with our latest releases and give us a thumbs up on our social media at With You Every Step. We love to hear from you. If you have any questions or inquiries, head to the Contact Us page at our website, michellelee.com. That's also where you'll find all our blogs mentioned in the podcast. We love to hear from you and if we have inspired you to travel. Thanks for listening. Love life and adventure on. <laughs>